We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Sir Carlo Davis, and with me today, my producer, co-founder, Brian Goins. He can't even use the wedding excuse now. He's using work excuse. Uh, Brian is just a bag of excuses. Brian's not a Heat, Brian's not a heat player. Heat players are taught no excuses, and Brian just has a bunch of them. But stepping up to the plate today, it's our Saucy Nuggets insider, Mr. Lefty Leif. We have enough. We have enough. We have uh, our bench, our bench mob. Alex Toledo is going to come back uh, soon. He's, he's doing some other stuff. He's going to come in mid-show to talk uh, all stuff Miami Heat and general NBA. So Leif and I are in quarantine. We are uh, we're obeying social distancing laws. I haven't seen outside in like three weeks. I miss places, the stuff, my friends, you know, just the general things. I miss haircuts. Like you see my hair. It's bad. Yeah, I got to fade right before <laughs> Damn, it was time to cash out. It was like... <laughs> as quick as possible that was like one of the number one things that had to be done but now it's starting to get a little uh dicey you can start to see the grays come in again so i gotta try to uh to lay low put on some baseball caps <laughs> i um i felt bad because my barber's an old guy 
And I'm like, is it responsible for me to go to my barber who's an older man? I was like, I probably should. I, he's more at risk. See, I know. And my barber already hit me up and was like, yo, you can come through and, uh, you know, I'll do cuts in the garage or cuts in the kitchen or whatever. What a homie. And I'm like, you know, I almost want to take him up on it. But right now, I just don't know how responsible that is. So we'll see that. I'll probably cave at some point. Honestly, like I, I've I've been glad to see like some people be able to keep their work stuff. Like uh, my my long guy is, is still working and like the have a pool, so like the pool supply the pool supply place is delivering, so like they have their staff work. Like that's really cool. Like I'm glad that it's stressful out there, guys. So I, I hope that none of you have lost your jobs, or if you have, you're hanging in there, and you know we're here to entertain and help you, and like where support is with you. Um, I do want to mention at the top of the show, and you can check this out at MI Heapy. We tweeted out the link. Our own statistician and pun master, Nikai Duncan, um, he had an accident in his house uh, the other night and his house caught fire and he lost a lot of his belongings. And if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know, man, like not only is he the smartest guy on the show, right? I think we're, we're, we're in agreement. Yes. Smartest guy covering heat basketball. I don't think, I think even Cooper Moorhead would agree with that. Um, he's brilliant. And not just is he smart, but he's the nicest freaking guy in the world. Like that guy just has such a genuine heart. And he's been a part of what we do for a long time. So us, along with Five Reasons Sports, uh, Alf uh, was really, Heat Twitter president, Alf really kind of hedged this thing, made this happen. Um, started a GoFundMe for Nikias to raise some money to get back his belongings. He lost all his clothes, his stuff. His PlayStation is like half burnt. You know Nikias needs, in these times, he needs some some mental release. Um, but, dude, there's house damage and there's lots of stuff. So if you can take it in your heart, we're going to put the link. It's on MiamiHeatBeat.com. It'll be the pinned tweet. Um, at Miami Heat Beat on Twitter, uh, if you if you care and if you please could help Nikias a little bit, uh, that goes a long way. Cause not just nobody, in the nobody deserves it more. You know what I mean? Like, um, he's just you know the, the kindest dude. Uh, you know, so this and this time, you know, I really think that it's uh it's a perfect moment to to give back to him for sure. I mean, just it's funny. Like I the few games I've got to cover, Nikias is always there. Um, cause we, mo- we meet in Charlotte and before the game, he probably gets tired of it. Cause I sit there and literally just fire up questions and ask him Pepper stuff him. just to pick his brain because he sees the game in a different way that I o- haven't always watched it. You know, so, you know, it's just been, it's interesting. I learned a lot from him on and off the court for sure. He's, he's the home. And as a person, man, that guy's been there. Like when I've not been my best, he's reached out. He's, he's really been not just a great person and a great person to work with but a great friend so if I, if I can do anything to help my friend if you guys can please check it out and if you can i know times are incredibly tough right now especially with everything that's going on with with the roan and all but if you can find it in your heart to donate to one of the best freaking guys i know uh, that'd be appreciated and if you can't donate share it at least share, share it. it retweet that let's get it nba twitter has done phenomenal george sedano myers leonard donated a thousand dollars man the hammer dude awesome love that very cool. That's so cool, dude. And a guy that I know that Nikias has talked to Myers in the locker room before, and I know that there's a lot of mutual respect there. So, dude, thanks out. Shout out to Myers Leonard. Thank you for being awesome. If you ever hear this, <laughs> you're the best, dude. Doubtful. Aus- Aus- yeah, doubtful, but Oz person. So, kind of moving on to Heat basketball stuff. Um, I I kind of think it's safe to say the regular season's over. I think so. I think what the regular season was supposed to end this week or like next the playoff, week. The playoffs were supposed to start in 10, 10 or 12 days, something like that. I think the last I checked the calendar. So that's it. And the, this was the regular season is over. 
If um, anything, I hear – so from what I understand, for the TV contracts to work out, every team has to play the same amount of games. And I don't know that's not how the season ended. So if they do restart the season, I imagine they'll play a couple games to kind of even out, like, the games played and to give players a, a few reps to, um, to kind of get their legs under them. But I think effectively – our impressions of the regular season are are done. Like it is like where they are now. That's who they are, for for this season at least. Um, yeah, which is so weird because I feel I feel like we kind of know who they are, but there's this little part of us that doesn't 100 percent know exactly what we had. Um, so going into the playoffs, it's a little more uncertain than uh, I think we would be comfortable with. I see like I have difficulties kind of now that we've been pretty removed from basketball and from this heat team for for a couple weeks it's really now we really get to like look back okay like what the hell was this season and I know at the time we were excited it started off great then there was some struggles and the season ended on a low point ended on a loss to a team that they shouldn't have lost to um most forgotten loss ever by the way most forgotten loss ever that or the Dwayne loss uh, on his final day of the season. <laughs> That's to the, true. That's to a good the one. Because like, didn't they get blown out? Yeah, that felt like a win. They make Dude. posters with with that game. <laughs> I think I think like D'Angelo Russell's like, no, nah, we're not we're we're not talking to the crowd now. This is D Wade's night. I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, so second second most forgotten loss in Heat history. Uh, season ends. Team obviously overachieved our wildest expectations. I think sure. that's there's I no doubt. They on both ends of the court. I think that even though defensively they struggled, um, offensively they have been lights out. Duncan Robinson has been, I would say, one of the best stories in the league. For sure, him and Bam. Um, the further we get away from games, the more the struggles start to wash away for me. And I just the overarching I'm good stuff about is them. what I've sticks. I've been so hard. Like. Duncan, I feel like was just an unbelievable season. He's, you know, he's one of those guys, and Gianna, you alluded to it before we even started tonight, that like this season, he never wants this season to end. But, um, you know, I think about Bam and his ascension and Jimmy, you know, there was shooting struggles there. But um, so I think that there's some definitely, there's some, some wiggle room there to get better. But Goran had an unbelievable year. So that's the stuff that sticks out, you know, rather than some of the, um, things that we you know were harping on before the season ended i mean the goran we've been really hard on goran on the show particularly for the defensive stuff but for him to do what he's doing at his age accepting a bench role when let's not forget that this season started with him getting traded to the mavericks and then it getting rescinded canceled mark cuban it all up and goran had to basically I mean, if you remember what happened with Lamar Odom the night of the Chris Paul trade, he was essentially traded and then not traded, and then it really hurt his mental health, and then like that relationship was completely destroyed. And that's happens. I mean, if, if you're a player and if a team doesn't want you and you actively get traded, and then, oops, you want you have to, they're asking you to come back to work, they're asking you to make personal sacrifices in a contract year, and if you do those things and like take it in stride, like not only the peak and pinnacle of professionalism, but like really took that role in stride and i think really wanted to win six man of the year like he was gunning for it how many first place votes do you think he'll get i don't think he'll get enough because i think the clippers have a few guys that especially lou williams that you can nominate i do think that lou will's gonna get some 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 look over there um come on i know there's some raptor that you want to call out that has six man of the year capabilities go ahead on, I, to be honest you haven't with been you, on in a while go I ahead 
I don't really have a Raptor just because they put so many guys in and out of the starting lineup that I don't even know who the hell their sixth man is because sometimes Powell starts, sometimes he doesn't. You know, sometimes Gasol starts, sometimes Ibaka. So, like, it's that's a little wacky. I don't really think that they have, like, a true six-man. Wait, I wait, wait. I don't, know that, I don't know that I'm starved enough for basketball talk to let you continue <laughs> doing this. So, <laughs> let's, pivot. let's pivot. <laughs> let's pivot. Um, I, I think he'll probably get some consideration. I don't think he'll win. That's a good question. He'll probably get a few first-place votes, but I don't really know. That's an interesting one. I think, I think most improved, I don't know if Bam has a shot to win it. He'll be in the conversation, and he will get votes. Yeah, I think he will too. Because um, like you got to look at the jump. So Bam went from a jump from a good player to a to a great player, right? And you look yeah. at a guy like Jason Tatum who went from a really good player to maybe top fifteen in the league. You know what I mean? That's the toughest jump to make. But I feel like I feel Ingram. like Bam was a, Bam was a little more unexpected, and uh, also there's been lately a lot of love from you know some of the the brilliant basketball minds that have really leaned into bam you know from the all-star break on so that may help him as well but i don't know that's a, that's a tough one as to you know if it's going to be him or yeah who it's exactly is gonna... yeah i mean i don't really i'm not a fan of giving it to second year players but i mean he went the leap from just like awesome player to like mvp caliber guy right usually those guys don't get the the most you know improved it's it's usually the guys that were fringe starters or or or, you know even bench players that all of a sudden make that big leap so um from february the the betting odds was ingram luca ingram at one at plus 150 luca at 175 uh devante graham at plus 400 bam at plus 650 then Shea Gilders Alexander at plus six fifty as well. Trey Young at plus five thousand and Michael. I guess Malcolm. Ingram is a good one. Ingram is a good one, but like, let's be honest. And I don't, I don't know how this would play out in a free agent market. But I mean, if you had to start a basketball team tomorrow, do you want Bam or Ingram? Oh, I would take Bam. I take Bam. Like and, Although I'd like both of them, honestly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm. He's being a free. Biased. He's a restricted free agent this summer. Oh shit. I I'd be wary. I mean, I just love I love what Bam brings on both ends, and I know Ingram's really improved uh, defensively, and especially as a scorer. I mean, that dude. Yeah, no, I trust Bam. He, he's a dog. He, ha- I mean, the low piece highlighted every. It, it was almost like beautiful propagation that it's everything he fans want to hear. Oh, it's beautiful. It's like he was made. Like, I don't want to say second coming of Alonzo. Like how Alonzo just was he culture. Like Alonzo and Udonis are he culture. Like that is what this franchise wants to be the franchise i mean Dwayne is something else Dwayne's a transcendent talent um who is a little bit of a diva but Dwayne was not he culture the way that zoe is he culture the way that yeah, no, Dwayne, Dwayne transcended that stuff for sure you're right um but bam is kind of like zoe meets ud with like this a little bit of Dwayne new exactly almost that that's actually a really good way of saying it um so he's kind of the total package that way and i know that that is an insane way to prop up such a young dude. And I'm not trying to put that kind of pressure on him, but uh, it, he's kind of got all the tools. So I don't, I don't know. That's I legit believe in that guy. Like I, I, I know that we've been very much on record talking about how much we believe in justice, but I believe in this guy more than I ever did justice. And I know that that's kind of weird for me. Cause I, we, we've really like the justice better, all that stuff. But, I legitimately well, think that Bam there was moments be... where you flinched on Bam. I mean, I, I remember I it offensively. I and you had, right, 
to because there were you know he wasn't even looking at the basket. Still, really isn't by the way. Yeah, no, I know. Jimmy gets Jimmy gets on his ass like, bro, shoot, score. What was the game that he had where I think Jimmy got hurt and at the end of the game it's Bam saying it was not against a good team. It was against some team that didn't matter. And Bam was like, I'm fucking taking over this game. Everything is It was is Washington, running. right? Wasn't it was, it Yeah, it was some bad team that they shouldn't have been down to. And Jimmy Jimmy goes out, and it's just Bam, and he's like, I got this. And we, I think at the time we said this was a transformative moment for his career because it was – But we can't remember who they played. I don't remember who they played, but that matter. <laughs> but it was a transformative moment. He had a little, little layup under the basket, kind of like contorted, you know, his little face oh, up. Yeah. He, he no, did what I, we I, always I, wanted him to do. He scored what it was the last 18. We've talked about this before. And I think so. scored or assisted on the last yeah, 18. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. From a, from from your center, right? Like that's Jokic esque. You know what I mean? Yep. But like fast afoot. KG was bitching about having to run point guard in the Western Conference Finals. I saw it today. I don't think Bam will have that same uh, gripe. That's where we're going, though, with like guys. And I love that they have a guy. And again, I have to eat it because at the time last year, I said, bam, and two picks for Bradley Beal, I'll do it, right? I felt Bradley Beal was a transcendent star. I felt that he was going to be one of the best players in the conference. He was still young. He's 26, uh, was was 26 at the time. And I said, bam, and two picks, let's go. And I, I have to eat that. I'm wrong. Hey, I remember Alf said that he would have um, attached bam to, to, to get rid of contracts. <laughs> I distinctly remember that. So and we all have our takes, you know what I'm saying? But, and that's like, I love how you said we did not see this happening. And I know that like fans, like fans are going to say, no, no, no. Like we've seen the BAM trajectory happening and this and that. And I'm sure that some fans saw that he would improve. I don't think we thought, I thought we thought he could be this eventually. I don't think we thought he would be this next year. Yeah, no, I, I kind of feel like if we were really being realistic with ourselves, what we saw from Bam this year was probably what we thought was final form Bam. And it's yeah. just awesome to know that it's absolutely not that he has so much more room to grow. He's so young. Um, you know, that you see all the areas of his game where he can just further ascend. So um, that's the cool part. And, you know, that, that that's another guy. We talked about Duncan Robinson not wanting the season to end. You would think Bam would want that first playoff run where he gets – you know, heavy minutes because he probably wouldn't come off the floor if he's not in foul trouble. No. And that guy's a horse. Like, that guy never gets tired. It's the other yeah. thing. He's like, we have, he'd have one of those again. It's been a while since we had a fitness machine. You know, um, this whole, like, like missing out on basketball, it's funny. It's put it in context because, like, you see how fragile it is and it just goes away because real life shit is happening and you know a lot more important morbid things with fear you know there's all kinds of that stuff that's made basketball kind of fall off the face of the earth but there's a part of that that's put it in its proper place for me and now it's like it's just all fun so as i'm thinking about getting back on the court it's not like stressful like are he going to be able to be as good as we thought they're going to be it's just like you know you just want to have fun with it again and i think that's that's an underlying good thing that's happened throughout this you know, Leif, man, that's so true because I think – and forgive for being self-indulgent, but I think like when you are kind of really in it and you're covering the team, it gets exhausting because you – Totally. Like if you guys – like 
for 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 where I used to watch games, I just turn on the game. I have fun and yell. I'm not really looking at how the Heat are running floppy plays or elevator screens or like they're pinned down. Like you know, what? I'm watching the game to have fun. I want to yell. I want to make jokes. I want to meme. That's that's what sports is for, right? And it's like it's become this hyper serious thing for us. And even though we have a lot of fun here, and we take it way less seriously than other publications which for sure bless, bless them because they're doing incredible journalism uh everywhere down here in south florida but you know we, we kind of try to take things more lax and we're still like super like hyper analyzing every fucking play possessions we're like oh they lost to the knicks and the nets two times in a row this is horse shit fucking frauds yeah and- but that's fandom too like even as a fan like not just like covering a team it's like uh, that kind of just over emotion and being completely dramatic. Like it's kind of put it in its proper place. It almost like is funny. You laugh at it when you see how small and, you know, unconsequential it is. So I don't know that that makes me excited to get back to it actually. Cause it's like, um, it's not so real. That's why I love when they were reshowing like those old games on NBA TV, particularly like it's the big so three fun. Game. bro. Cause it's like, I don't have to watch that game and like pay attention to stupid shit. I'm just watching like, oh, this is the good part. Oh, so when he when Dwayne does this, oh shit, look at Chris Bosh. Like oh, it's yeah. fun again. It's like, oh my god, like you know, you just watch like a weird play and Chalmers does some wild shit, and you're just like, man, Chalmers, dude. I forgot what it. platform it was on, but Dwayne was on and he was watching himself. It was Instagram. Play Instagram against Indy. And he was talking about, and it's so cool because like you and I have talked about this like same stretch, um, but this was a different part of the game, but where he like turned it on and it like flipped and all of a sudden the performance changed for him. Yeah. And he says in, in a story, he's like, uh, you can see my, uh, my pace changed. And like, it's just cool as hell to see him recognize that because we've seen it so many times. It's just, you know, that, that kind of stuff has been fun to watch other guys' reactions. You know, I forgot about – so we've talked about this specific play a while, that little backdoor cut where Dwayne gets a dunk at the end of the half that LeBron gives him that pass. I completely forgot that Dwayne had hit a pull-up three in Paul George's face, the possession before that. I totally forgot that. So in my mind, I'm just like, man, like Dwayne was laboring, and then LeBron got on the dunk. He was kind of getting going again, and then LeBron got on the dunk, and then the fucking floodgates opened. It's so fun to remember it all, just possession by possession. Even the games tonight, like as we're potting, um, which just coming to an end, six and seven against San Antonio, I think, right? So like it, it's been fun as hell to uh, just to relive a lot of that stuff. That's how desperate we are to to have some some culture in our lives, as Jimmy Bro, says. I watched game two of Heat Mavs in 2011, and I watched up until Dwayne hits the <sighs> corner three turned that shit off did not watch anything else i was like that's it that's where it ended they had that game jesus that shit hurts man man. like and that's that's what's fun about this it's like you relive that shit and it was a different time back then man there was no corona there was it just it was a different time it was fun twitter just started watching the boston series too there's that like brought up a lot and it was when ray was there that like brought up a lot of old memories when you're thinking about that, the rivalry and just the way those teams played. Um, the league was different then. Like those teams fucking hated each other. Yeah. Heat and Pacers hated each other, like hated each other. For sure. And it was yeah. Every year. Like I didn't feel like the Cavs and the Warriors hated each other. Even if LeBron, like, you know, Clay would take little pot shots at LeBron in post games and LeBron would, you know, kind of like, oh, I'm not going there. This and that. Like it, it was a different vibe. Than Heat Celtics, Heat Pacers. 
No, and that's what Heat was so Bulls. weird about Heat Spurs because there was no technical fouls called in the entire series. Fucking respect. The two of the decade, the two, uh, at least up to that point, the two greatest run franchises. And I would even say that even extending throughout the 2010s, the two best run franchises. You yeah, know the- what the Warriors did was incredible. And yeah, but. They're up in the conversation now. They're there. They're they're right there. Uh, you know, not giving it to Cleveland. I thought it was funny, Leif, when uh, somebody tweeted out a picture of Taj Gibson, Derek Rose, Carlos Boozer, uh, no, Joe Keep Noah, like Kirk Heinrich or something. And it's like, what does this make you think of? And you go. Five, baby. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was really good times. Bro, that shit was so fun. Um, and it's it's great to look back and it kind of puts into perspective the team we have now because we had some down years um, as fans and as analysts where the team was not while still fun and we had a lot of things to root for like Justice and Josh and Bam and now we have like legit team to look forward to like and Duncan man like I think the biggest loser in the Heat for the season ending is is Duncan like that guy was on a pace on a historical pace. Um, everyone in the league took notice. I, you know, and if you haven't listened, I would, I know that the audience, especially in Miami has some reprehensions about Bill Simmons. Um, but Zach will talked a lot about Duncan in a podcast that he did with Bill Simmons and with, um, with coach David Thorpe, who's excellent. I love coach Thorpe's um, content. And Zach Lowe talked about how my, he, and he's done some reporting on this. Miami saw Duncan as a one, eight shooter, cause an a plus shooter. And how most organizations, when they have a guy like that, they're like, okay, you're already an A-plus shooter. Let's round out the rest of your game. Let's let's make you a better dribbler. Let's make you a better passer. Let's make you better at this. And the Heat said, no, we're going to make you an A-plus-plus-plus shooter, and the rest of your game will round out as a result of it. And that's kind of important when talking about player development and kind of how they've changed, I think, recently. Because I think... I think there's a definite change in player development post LeBron and pre LeBron. Oh, for sure. They had the philosophy cheaper. Yes. And, and like, I think that they're going to be able to do similar stuff with Tyler. Like in terms of like with Duncan, you, you forgot about him, man. What's up? Forgot about him. It's been that long. No. And that's another guy that I really think could use the end of this season. I know that I didn't know when he was going to get back on the court, but it was close. Um, uh, but or did did he now I can't even remember. Did I he think, get a I game? Think, in? I, I think he played a, I think he played a game. I think he got a game in. I think the Charlotte oh, game was the game that he got back in. That's right. That's that right. That was the That's first right. game back. Jeez, my memory is slipping. Um listen, there's a lot going on in the world. But no, back to what you were saying about development. Like with Tyler, I feel like there was probably some similar sentiment there where they thought, okay, he has this one skill that he's really good at. And there's other things Tyler does that obviously Duncan Robinson is not as dynamic as a scorer and a shooter, but um, they're going to be able to build his body and just like that, that athletic build and working on guys that way. Um, it, it tends to work out with these guys, Duncan Robinson being a proof. Um, who knows what Tyler will turn into? I, I don't know. There's a lot of optimism there. I don't think that Tyler's a shooter that Duncan is. I mean, judging from their first year, obviously Tyler's a better shooter than Duncan, like just judging their first years. Um, but Tyler just has so much more of his game that can be rounded out. I don't know if they're going to approach him the same way they did Duncan. Cause he has so many other skills that just Duncan was not, did not naturally have equipped. 
Right? Yeah, like that's... Duncan's an RPG character that's like a specialist, like to get really nerdy. Let's say Duncan's a mage and he only knows like <laughs> wind magic, right? Yeah. And you have Tyler and Tyler can use wind magic, fire magic and swords, right? Like yeah. he comes, that's his base class. Yeah, that's right? a good point. So uh, like, I, and I love that kind of, I wonder how the heat would manage Beasley if they were to draft him today. Cause the player development's really different. And I they thought drafting. That's good. They wouldn't do it. I mean, they got a lesson, man. They got with Hassan, with Beasley and Hassan, that's it, dude. Like, and now uh, with the Dion stuff, even JJ at the end was on thin ice. They they were so happy that they they were able to integrate him back into the team because there was moments there where they didn't think that either one of those guys was going to really be viable that way, um, Dion or JJ. So they yeah, brought him back from the depths of hell against the Clippers. Yeah, nah, that the, might be my favorite game of the season. <laughs> I can't wait for Alex to come on because I, I really want to talk about that. Like, we'll get into that later, like, favorite game of the season. But, like, that's on the short list for me. Um, but, yeah, like, talk, going back to the Heat player development and stuff, like, that's that's what that's what separates their philosophy from before and after. And I think when LeBron left, something very clearly changed in the organization. And they, they've had some missteps that we've talked very greatly about. But I do think that the thing that they've got 100% right has been the drafting the player development, and you could say whatever you want about Justice Winslow. It got them a piece that they felt was going to help them make a run at the conference finals. Two pieces. You know what I mean? So they were able to turn that asset into something positive, um, and he was a good player, and it's unfortunate that he got traded, and it's unfortunate that... But, but by the way, that, that how do you feel about that trade now in retrospect? Now that the season that, might not happen. I think it's it's absolutely premature to judge it until you see what they do with whatever flexibility is gained this summer. Um, and then ultimately truthfully what happens the prior, then, you know, the next summer, even after that. And I know that they had a team option on justice anyway, so they could have just, you know, gotten rid of him then and, and made moves. But um, until I see that, I feel like the grade is incomplete, but I do have to say when you saw Iggy, you know, really not getting a lot of minutes. Jay Crowder is a piece that I think absolutely fits, but not in a better way than I wanted Justice to fit. So, um, incomplete grade. I guess you looked at Justice. I guess the, the organization looks at Justice as more of a long term, like a the long game. And then this trade was more of a for this season because Jay, I think, is a free agent this summer, and I don't know what they're going to want to do with their cap space. I, I think they're going to try to bring him back on a one year deal and like just to, to as another bridge year to get to 2021, unless they get another, you know, like Bradley Beal trade kind of situation, then they may accelerate it and move it up a year. But other, otherwise it's going to be bring back most of these guys and then just, you know, kind of remix for 2021 or for 2020 and 2021 for this, you know, with basically the same team, there may be one guy that slips through the cracks. I don't know if DJJ gets a four year deal from somebody, Oof. how we're going to react to that. But um, otherwise I think that you're going to see this gives them an excuse to bring these guys back and continue to see what it turns into. Man, the Derek thing's interesting. Cause I, I know that we've talked a lot about how close he is to Bam, but, and I know he wants to be here. It's the same with Jay. So, I want to see how that plays out. Their cap space is interesting. Something I like that they did this season, they had a lot of mid-sized contracts to trade that were expiring. They had a, a lot of those 10, 10 to 7 to $12 million contracts that they can kind of jump together to get something good, right? So, like, especially in the deadline, they were in play for Gallinari, which, like, that's the piece that you want, right? Like, that's the guy, the, the scorer, the, the, the guy who could play multiple positions, everything. So, I, I wonder if they maybe give guys like Jay Crowder one of those deals that they can kind of 
flip later as an expiring if he plays well and they want to get a bigger fish or a different kind of contributor. Now you got your thinking cap on. There that's we exactly, go, man. That's exactly how I think it's going to play out. Um, I think that they'll figure out something with Gorn. And, uh, that's the and other yeah, one. I mean, Do you think – I mean, they were ready to move on from Gorn. So I – I imagine Goran's going to want the years and he played well enough that I could see a team like the Knicks or like the Horn. Well, maybe not the Hornets because they have Devontae Graham, but like a, a team in that tier that yeah. scrap. Um, no, like those mid markets that don't get top free agents, they usually tend to like go after the Goran Dragic. The, and he was a better player at the time, but like a Mike Conley, like those Utahs and those Indianas come out of nowhere and, and, and try to scoop up those guys. Not that either of those two teams are, are Not options, even joking. But, the Spurs, that might be a, a guy that interests them in their system. I'm sure that. Yeah, so that's it gets tough. I know he wants to stay, and um, the Heat really want to keep him around, particularly because how he embraced that after they basically had him traded. Um, to Dallas, uh, so I know that they want to get that done. And the other, the other weird thing that um, I don't think it's talked about enough is that it seems like the Heat kind of feel like they have enough young players. So I, I'm not expecting them to keep the pick. You know, I was kind of fishing around for draft info a little while ago, and really the overarching thing that I keep hearing is that they want to, they're going to look at maybe attaching that pick to a guy like Ko. Um, and then they would execute it afterwards and, and gain more flexibility. So I, I don't know, man, I, that that's another interesting part of this is that, um, you know, they're kind of set with their young core and that's good to, to go into a season with too. So like, I think their biggest need is still a wing, probably a three and D three, four combo, right? Guy who can really handle the ball, play some small ball power forward, play some minutes at small forward. I think that's their biggest need. I'm not, Everybody knows I'm not too versed on the draft. From what I understand, it's a really guard-heavy draft. Yeah. And I don't think – I mean, they already have the Tyler and Duncan, and if they keep Goron, and now we're getting iffy as to, you know, kind of guard rotation, and then what position is Jimmy going to play and stuff like that. So I'd be wary. I wouldn't hate a backup point guard. Yeah, they kind of need they, – they definitely need to address that. Cause they haven't had one back, since – but even with him yeah i mean it's like a weird thing where they're just they're i mean jimmy when jimmy signed it was kind of under the with the understanding that they were going to let him run the offense and um and he really was the de facto point guard so that's still gonna be the case but i think there's just gonna inevitably they're gonna have to find a more traditional guy with currently no nba nhl or mlb you might think that there's nothing to bet on well, you'd be wrong, and our exclusive partners Bet Online still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker to blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You could still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. I like what they have with, cause like Jimmy's a very kind of slow grinded out possession by possession player. I don't, I don't think they like Beno Udri was a guy that would for a very young team was the kind of calming force really slow down the offense with the second unit kind of work the clock work the 
work the screen and rolls, work the angles. I think Miami needs right now kind of a guy like Goron, maybe if they can get a younger guy in the draft or something like that, that's going to pick up the pace with the second unit, kind of kind of changes. I, I like when teams do that. I like when they have kind of two little change of pace guys, not, not really the same type of offense for the entire game. It allows you to throw different looks at a team. I wouldn't hate that. Where you want Norris Cole? <laughs> I love Norris Cole, man. Don't, don't make don't make me say bad things about Norris Cole. Is he is he in China? Where is he? I have no idea. But I really thought he was gonna have a longer career than he did. Oof. You know, and the guy we didn't like was Shabazz Napier, who's still around. I know, and playing well. We were so wrong, dude. We were so. We, I, I, that was such post LeBron angst that we Yo, had. Didn't he didn't he carve us up something oh. like recently? Hitting pull up threes. Miami gets killed by like small point guards that like have some. Remember when Shane Larkin completely tore them apart one year? Oh, yeah. No, there's. Man, there was. I'm going to show my age again. There was games against guys named Dana Barros where he was <laughs> dropping 50 and he was like, you know, five, seven. Dana Barrow. Dana. Look it up. Barrow. American basketball. Barrows, yeah. Let's, let's see. Let's see what year this guy played as Google loads incredibly slow, of course. I'm going like 93, 94, something like that. Yeah. Ni- 1989, drafted by the Seattle Supersonics, finished his career in 2003, 2004 with the Boston Celtics. Let's bring it back, Leif. 89. Man, this guy this the guy's a 20 point sleep. season. Huh? The listeners are asleep. They're like, Let's talk about current heat shit. I can't. I can't wait for the pod to come up in the description. We talk Dana Barrows carving up the heat in nineteen ninety five. That need that would need to be the Tony Fiorentino show. You know oh what I mean? my like, god! That's where you go back on that kind of stuff. Yeah, we could talk Sherman Douglas with Tony. I'm sure Tony has so much to say about the general. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be fun to have Eric Reed. Right? <laughs> it would be fun to have Eric. Are you Reed surprised towards... I knew that nickname? Kinda. I couldn't say. I know my heat Just history. them cats telling Dr. Jack stories would be fun. Oh for, my for the, god! The wax nostalgia kind of cats like myself. That's see, I gotta, I gotta give you the keys to a project like that because I, I wasn't, I wasn't that around for that. But you caught the Q Rich season, bro. I, I've, you know, somebody on Twitter was accusing me of just not liking the Heat. They said you're a big three only fan. And I was like, bro, I, I watch, I watch Quentin Richardson start for this team, and I fucking loved it. You watch Jermaine O'Neal in the playoffs, bro. I I'll never forget. It's the weirdest play on the right wing. White uh, Q Rich hit a three against the Lakers in the regular season, a game that went to overtime here in Miami in 2010. Hit that big three. Fucking place goes nuts. One of my favorite memories watching basketball. A random. I don't remember that game. shit. I see. I know he was on the he was on the wing. He pulled up. He hit it. He went fucking crazy. Him and Dwayne were boys. That season was fun because Darrell. Q Rich and Dwayne had a thing. They were the one, three, five. Remember? I love oh, that yeah, team. That's that right. team. They're, they were the closest homies too. Like I feel like that season, they were just trying to do everything they could to make I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne as comfortable as possible. They're like, yo, bring all your homies over. Um, and uh, so that was, that was fun for that reason, but it didn't end fun. 
I talked to uh, no, it did not. Uh, it kind of did. End, I mean, it ended fun in the sense of Dwayne was just carving up the Celtics. This is true. Yeah, from the a Celtics perspective, he was crazy. Yeah, they like let's that playoff run that the Celtics made the finals. They completely shut LeBron out. Like LeBron did not play well against them. Dwight Howard did not play well against them, and Kobe Bryant did not play well against them. You're right. right. The and only Dwayne. dude that carved up that Celtics team was Dwayne Wade. Like, they, they, the Celtics that almost won the fucking championship had no answer. Yeah. It was great. Ah, we welcome in a professional screw-up, Alex Toledo. Alex, I'm going to give you three topics, and you're going to guess which we're talking about. All right. Ready? Okay. We're, we're, are we talking about 2009-2010 Heat? Are we talking about... Our favorite Heat individual games from the season, or are we talking about Bam's most improved player odds? Definitely a 2009 Heat. You're correct. <laughs> oh, man. I know you too well for that. That's where we go, dude. I was talking about a, a big Q-Rich 3 against the Lakers. That no right. one in the fucking world remembers. Remember when he and KG got in the fight, and then, you know, he's like, they're actresses. Was it UD or Q-Rich that said they're actresses? I do remember that. Oh, no, no. UD called them studio gangster. That's what it was. Yeah, that's right. That was fun. I was at that game three where Paul Pierce hit the buzzer beater. That was the worst oh, sporting experience of my life. Oh, my God. I'm I was there. That's the only playoff game I've been to. That's one of the only games in, like, my fandom that just truly hurt me. Like, I was <laughs> That was your Allen Houston moment? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I hated the Celtics so much. Like, I, I was so mad, dude. I was they had a chance at that two. Man, could you imagine if they go we up? On three, if two, they two, right? Two, three, two? Yeah, two, 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 one, two, one. Oh, okay. It was game three at home. So, like, that was a big one because the Celtics mm-hmm. had gone up 2-0. KG came back. The crowd the crowd was totally behind the That was a great crowd that day. You got to always crowds are good. game three at home. You got to get that one, and they didn't get it. Yeah, so that's – and then they, yeah. then Dwayne had the 46er, which was which was great. Um, Alex, I'm glad that you're on because I did want to talk a little bit. So, I want to get uh, – we were talking about how the regular season kind of feels over. You're supposed to end in a couple of days anyway. So if they, let's say in the off chance that they do decide to finish the season, they're probably going to play a couple games to get everyone to the same number of games to fulfill their TV contract. And then they're going to just probably go into playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of talking regular season perspective and all that stuff. Um, What was your favorite game of the season? Cause I did want to get into this cause we've had a lot of fun regular season games and kind of looking back on it. Easy. Okay, which is yours? Because I, I, I don't know if you're going to know mine. But. I mean, just off the top of my head, the Philly game where Tyler Hero ended up hitting that shot in transition. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah, that that was exactly the first game that popped in my head. No lie. Like, that has to be it. Like, that's just some spiritual shit right yes. there where you just catch it. It's funny because I go two losses that were my two favorites. Of course. The Lakers, The Lakers game. And I'll say why the Lakers game at home. <laughs> that game felt like basketball mattered in this city and like it really mattered for the first time since LeBron was here because even though the Heat were in a game seven against the Raptors and it was a chance at the conference finals it did not feel like the entire basketball landscape was focused on Miami for that whole week it was like this showdown LeBron versus the Heat coming back Stephen A. Smith is gassing them up he's like Duncan Robinson and them boys it felt it felt great, and the basketball was awesome, and it came down to the wire. My other nomination was the Clippers game. Similar reason, but we got that Dion nonsense. Oh, that was end, so fun. That was which was as fun as I've had watching basketball. I was, dude, I was cheering for, like not just the comeback story of a guy who was like counted down and out, 
But a dude that the fan base just genuinely hates and everyone's just like, I guess we're rooting for Dion now. Like, let's fucking go. Just got to do it. <laughs> but you guys are probably right with the Tyler game because that, that was yeah. – that's the best moment of the season. The, the step back three is the play of the season, man, to me anyway. Even I mean, though, like, if I really unpack all the BAM moments, like as I, now as I start to catalog that shit and I'm thinking about the one at Philly, um, like that was oh. a lot of fun. The, at Toronto was a lot of fun. The that game was a great game. Justin took over. Hockey where, where Giannis, you know, tipped that in and then went, in, went into OT. Like, I know that was so kind of early that I – sometimes I don't count those really, really early games um, when I do these exercises. Uh, but, yeah, so there's a lot of fun ones, but the Philly Bro, game – the fan base has been living off of that one Bucks game forever. What are you talking <laughs> that's about? Game. Yeah. No, that's the validation that we could get to the finals, baby. Yeah, let's now. Now that the season is kind of over, let's let's be real. Yep. Like, how how sure were we that they were gonna lose to the Bucks a second time? And we were just trying to milk that shit for all we could. Listen, I'm I will not concede that. We don't have to concede that now. We could just say we no. don't. You're right. We don't. Two and zero against the Bucks, that's baby. All we can. That's all we can say. All we can say is forever. We 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 beat them twice. The two times we you know they went up against the Bucks, they beat them, and that's it. Who knows? Maybe they, they, they kind of slaughtered them in Miami. It wasn't even a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, bam on Giannis. Sorry. What a weird team, man. What a, what a strange and fun team this was this year. Losing to Trey Young, getting 50, and then being like, nope, MVP of the league? Not here. Shit ain't happening. Well, they, Also, the home and road disparity was... Well, that just, like, reset. Is, is that going to get, like, corrected? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, do we have... Like, why is that... Like, do we have an answer as to why that happened? Did we ever figure it out? Hmm. No, you mean like why they sucked on the road? Yeah, like what what happened? They were just different. It was like different people were playing. Yeah, I mean, young guys tend to. I mean, I'm gonna go to a lot of the 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 cliche shit, but like young players tend to struggle a little bit more. Guys that tend to get in a groove and and get a full head of steam, like Kendrick Nunn, is a guy I'm thinking of that. You know, I don't know what his splits look like, but that that would be my first inclination to go to. But all other, I don't know, man. You you think in the playoffs if you shrink the rotation that some of that shit would go away, hopefully. Bro, so right now I'm kind of like scrolling through Twitter a little bit, kind of seeing what's going on, and the Heat are playing in Game Seven against the Spurs on what is it, NBA TV or something, and these annoying ass Mavs fans are still like trolling about their stupid little win in 2011. Can they stop? Oh, they've been in my mentions too. Um, oh my god, they're annoying. Alex, I think you've gotten some of that, right? Oh, Mavericks fans? Or was it Sixers uh, fans? It was, would you have your It was Sixers fans. No, because the other day some somebody random liked a tweet that I had from the summer when I was just trolling Sixers fans. <laughs> I was saying, Oh, watch out, because the Jimmy Led Heat are gonna have a better record than the Sixers. And you look through that tweet and there has to be at least like forty different Sixers fans just calling me a clown, <laughs> just throwing my rubbing throwing my name in, all in the dirt. And wow, I was right. And I didn't even think I was going to be right about that. That was, that was great. I'm just, you know, that's the one thing we could say about the season. That's the biggest accomplishment, right? Six seed, baby. All this shit that happened with the Sixers. Seeds. Everything that happened with the Sixers. Yeah. It was one, my favorite part. The biggest takeaway from the season is, is that if you look at the season, you wouldn't rather be the Sixers. <laughs> you would not. We got to have Sedano on. Maybe we'll have him on next show to kind of talk about if he'd still rather be Listen, the Sixers. Do you think? He was just defending it. I was, we, we, he was. I gotta. We got. We gotta have him on to answer for his war crimes. His his uh, his reasoning is that oh, the Sixers were a bounce away from the conference finals, and then he'd haven't been you know anywhere near that the past like 
They were. They were against the Raptors. It was a game seven where Dwayne did not play well. If he plays well, if that's what are we, what are we talking about? And this, that conversation started. I mean, the process for whatever, the wanting to be the Sixers. I wonder what he's going to say when Embiid ends up getting traded to Miami because well, Jimmy now, just keeps pounding the desk for him. Let me say something. Embiid has health problems. Now Ben Simmons also has health problems. What's going on over there? I don't know. I don't know right now if you'd rather be the Sixers. They have that Horford contract that I don't know if they're going to be able to move. Certain teams will just always be those same certain teams. Hmm. <laughs> One of those teams is the Chicago Bulls that they tried to do something good in the news recently. They were going after the Heat's assistant GM, Adam Simon. He's got oh, too yeah. hard for all that shit. Fucker bro's time. And the Heat very quickly kept him. Yes. So... From what I heard, he was one of the first phone calls that they reached out to, probably one of the first four guys that they uh, expressed interest in. And um, initially, there was going to be an interview, and uh, it sounds like um, Riley dropped the bag of rings on the table. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and essentially, they've, you know, Adam Simon knows he's next in line, and that eventually there's going to be more succession planning that'll take place. And uh, for now, he's here to stay. So, uh, they move on to some um, – I think it looked like the Nuggets GM was the guy who was in, in the lead, and I can't pronounce his name at the moment. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me. So I think that what the Heat did is not insignificant, and I know that it's just going to be like a name that probably most casual fans don't know who that is, and they have no reason to. But I think what's happening with the Spurs now, and I don't think it's coincidence that – the Spurs have kind of been in a little bit of a free fall recently, and their guys tend to always get the jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Like Spurs people, part of that tree, they end up getting hired everywhere, right? Because that's a, one of the best run organizations in pro sports. And eventually that takes a toll on your organization. When your best people are getting plucked, your infrastructure, I mean, that's a lot of holes to replace, and that, those positions take years to groom. Not that the Spurs won't groom other people to fill those positions, but... After a while, you lose enough guys that you cease being the entity that you were. It's not just Pop and Riley and Spo and R.C. Buford, right? There's a whole network of people that makes these organizations run. Yep. So when you I look mean, at the already, Heat... Go ahead. No, no go, go, go. I was going to say, you've already seen Fizz get, you yeah. know, Juwan. So, I mean, it's already happening. But obviously, the the closest guys, the, the guys that are really got their, um, uh, you know... The, the the decision making um, team has not been plucked yet, uh, but we'll, you know we'll see because eventually I think it's inevitable that one of those guys is going to get offered um, full control somewhere in a job that they cannot resist. But I, I think it's I think it's really important that they're keeping their core together and they're trying to you know this is one of the best run organizations in sports and I think that the brain trust that runs it it's, it goes far beyond it is one hundred percent the culture that Riley installed. Uh, but Riley's not every cog in the machine. He's the operator. And every every gear has to move in tandem and in sync with each other. And if you move, uh, if you change out one of those gears for maybe a piece that doesn't fit perfectly or that's not the right size, the machine ceases to run the way it does. So I, I think well, that's And really Adam Simon is the talent guy. He's he's He is directly responsible for a ton of players that uh that he fans have grown to love so that's a definitely a guy that they want to keep around on fire and like i mean has he has the heat had a bad pick since shabazz i mean jury's still out on on uh, kz opala <laughs> <laughs> i 
I like thing, him. I, th- I, I think I think he has like I think that's a guy to look at. Like if we look at what Duncan did this year, and we look at like all their improvement across the board and like player development and like I, I think that's a guy to look out for next year that could play his way into the rotation. That's why they don't want any more young guys, I'm telling you, because they've already got either in the pipeline or playing already enough young players. They want vets and stars. Leif, do you know how they feel about Casey, like inside the organization? I mean, all I've heard is good things. He's a hard worker. Um, I, I get the sense, nobody said this to me, but I get the sense that maybe there was, um, that they'd like for it to be progressing a little quicker. But I think that that's just the nature of wanting guys to excel as quick like, as possible. Seems like they, all, they they want everybody to progress a little quicker, huh? Yeah, yeah you know, that's, that's just like a, a standard. But um, no, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. So I would imagine that that would be another guy that would, you know, kind of level up and then, um, so then you've got too many young guys. So they're really looking for that frontline player or just maybe a, a different tweak of, a, a, you know, like a, a, another star is really the piece that's missing if you look at it across the board. Yep. Alex, I, ca- I kind of want to bring you in on something we talked about to start the show. We're talking about like most improved odds and everything, and we're looking at the, the field. And Ingram is obviously like one of the guys like really high on the list. And I feel like a lot of people kind of comp him and bam in their improvements this year of like going from like a, a nice young piece to, oh, wow, all-star, like you're legit. You like, are we being homers by saying that we would 100% without a doubt take bam over Ingram I mean, to start a franchise? Can, uh, maybe. Are we, are we being homers? Like that we just think it's a, like it's, I think it's a fair conversation. They're both really different players. So it's tough, <laughs> but like, uh it, it, they really are completely like if you look at the traditional meaning of most improved player it ends up being a guy like ingram who's young hasn't really had the, t- the chance to really show out yet or wasn't at that level clearly got to that level this year made the all-star team even though he's probably the worst all-star uh but i don't know they're completely different players. i don't know chris middleton bam, was there. bam got up his volume and his numbers too <laughs> oh, wow yeah bam did the same thing the same trajectory <laughs> i'm sorry to guys that was messed but, up, man. Not today. Not today. This is the Nikaias tribute episode. And I had to mention Chris, Chris Middleton. Middleton what the hell is wrong to, with you? I had to mention Chris for Nikaias. Um, but yeah, man, like it's see, seeing the season kind of end abruptly. So best guess, guys, do we think that we're having a playoff? Um, my best guess is yes, they figure out something, even if it's without fans in the arena. Um, I've heard they want a champion by Labor Day. I think that that's probably widely reported. So, so I, I think they figure something out just because there's so much money on the line. But um, that's you know provided that this you know you start to see other really big metropolitan areas have the curve start to flatten. And I don't even want to get into that kind of talk. <laughs> but um, I think this is just we Dr. don't Fauci. know. Every day it's different. So right, it's been crazy. What do you think, Alex? I was about to say the same thing, but I keep wavering back and forth. So I, 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 I have go with the same man. I think it's like they're they're gonna try to force it. I think they're gonna like the only way they would cancel is like if they absolutely had to. It's like October, November, and nothing has changed. We're like still self quarantine, but that's why I think like I, I end up siding with Leif that they're gonna find a way to make it happen. They're gonna wait till the last minute, you know, like August, September. They're gonna get some type of tournament, and I don't know what they're gonna do, man. But they're gonna make something happen, and it's gonna make them money. So I have, I kind of have this thought and I've heard other people say it and I, I can't, I, I've, I've thought of it a little differently. 
Players Association is going to make this decision with with the league. The players, the the big wigs in the Players Association are older guys, like guys like LeBron, guys like CP3. The people that don't benefit from this are the older guys, right? Like LeBron, if you're going to have a condensed playoff run and no time to get your legs under you, no real time to get your legs under you. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't that. see that being a good thing for older guys like Braun, like nah, CP. LeBron wants to play right nah. now. He wants to get that. No, like I can't, no, I can't disagree with you more. Dog. Like, like look, this is a season compromise for LeBron. Like if you think about LeBron's career and his legacy and him wanting to get as many rings as possible, he has a finite amount of opportunities left to actually go make a run. And this is one of those years where you still, if you said life savings, who are you taking to get the championship? I'm taking the Lakers still. Because I just have a feeling that that dude's going to turn on that number six in the middle of the playoffs and, and go to that level. And so I, I feel like he's like thinking, holy shit, I just lost another year. I left the East a year too soon. Um, you know, like all these different things where he's had opportunities Man, to get rings and he didn't. I, I don't I don't know, dude. Like he has been talking about when they talk about games without fans he's like i don't know if i'll play in an arena without fans man that's not what we play for this and that and blah 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 and like that's a lot of talk for somebody that has an ex sorry that was while things were still going on though he was staying in the middle of like a shoot around i mean he's still he's still saying some like that hasn't like a hundred percent stopped like he like offhandedly mentions i don't know i can't imagine playing without the fans and i'm just like ah Interesting. Is that because he's saying like if it's not safe enough for the fans to enter, it's not safe enough for us? No, no. To no he just together. thinks it's weird. He's like, I don't like. I mean, I guess that is true. It would be weird, but I also yo, think, yo, imagine, imagine getting locked up by JJ Barea in a finals game and the arena is empty. Like, <laughs> like just picture that shit, dog. Like it's quiet as fuck, and you can't score on JJ Barea. This just you could just hear the Ben slapping at you. <laughs> this is the Babs Ben slapping. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, like if they leave some mics on, I, I like I've I've always wondered logistically like how the bike situation is gonna work. I would like to know the free throw rates. Like, how is that gonna change? I think maybe like it just all goes down because like if you're shooting empty gym free throws, that's just gonna look weird. Like you're not gonna have the depth perception. <laughs> Well, and also, like, the road team has no screaming fans, and you know how much impact fans have on the, I mean, on the players' free throw shooting, so. I mean, Duncan's going to hit everything, though, like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking machine, dude. Hit it regardless. He's programmed. Embiid will still be shushing the crowd, and there'll be no crowd. Could you imagine if, like, a notoriously bad free throw shooter, like, becomes, like, an amazing free throw shooter in an empty gym? Oh yes, that would be funny. Yo, hold on. That'd be really funny. Hold on, I think you just—I think you just discovered something. Like DeAndre Jordan and Dwight's yeah. free throw position. <laughs> suddenly, Steve Nash at the line. Nobody can miss. All of a sudden, like everybody is just hitting all of their free throws because there's so much less pressure and less. Rump- you gotta ref the game differently now. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you can't—you can't—you uh, can't do anything that has to do with. You know the fans and their reaction. Oh, wait, though. wait, you can Don't also jump. you're gonna be able to hear fouls, right? Like so, like those. I mean, you know that's foul. You can, when you get foul, like you hear the slap. Yeah, the but refs gonna think, hear everything. Hold on, though. You would think the arenas are gonna pump in crowd noise, though, right? No, that's gonna be that dude, no, that's gonna be weird, dude. <laughs> hold on, I think we just found an episode of Black Mirror for next season. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a great episode. I think the NBA is probably even weirder than the NFL without a crowd. 
because the crowd's so close in the NBA games, and I feel like the crowd plays more of a uh, factor. The NFL, that would be excruciating to have no fans. But I've watched some soccer games without fans because, like, sometimes teams get FIFA punished. Or, like, I remember there was a match during um, Barcelona played during the 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 elections of, of for Catalan independence, right? That they played in an empty uh, an empty Cap Noir, and it looked weird. But I was like, at least I'm kind of used to that. And listen, I've watched U.S. women's soccer in like 2008, and that shit was empty. So I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm 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 a women's soccer fan. I've seen empty stadium soccer plenty in my life. Uh, basketball, I just I don't know. I mean, we've seen Hawks games, so. Yeah, that's, and I'm that's, sure that everyone should model. say, oh, it's a Heat podcast. You've seen Heat first quarters. Ha, ha, ha. You know, like that shit. Let me tell you. And you know what? The second that this pandemic's over, we're going to be late to everything in midseason form. Yes, sir. Yep. So what, what do you think? Heat, heat Pacers, what, what, are we, what are we getting well, that, in that series? I want to pause that for a second. Alex, how, how many times have you been late for some sort of internet appointment in quarantine where we literally have nothing to do? No, because I've been late a ton to shit. I mean, I I literally have nothing to do. Only things that the only responsibility I have right now is editing five on the floor podcast. And check that out. What would you what you guys have going on today? So people can go find that stuff. Well, the other day we dropped the reserves pod. We we drafted all time heat teams. We we did the starters first in the reserves. And tonight we just finished recording. Hate your bench. We just finished recording with George Sedano, who was saying the same thing as you, Leif. But and I mean, I'm not gonna spoil. I support you. I'm not gonna spoil what he ended up saying at the end. But uh, let's just say Alpha was Michael Bloomberg and was out of there. He George Sedano said he was. Like, <laughs> he was he was going at Alpha's team even more than I was, and and Alpha was calling for Leif to get on so he could go and support. Uh, I like Alpha's team. <laughs> I like Alf's team too. I don't like it the best though. Like if I really sit down and go heart of hearts, like um, I, I actually still haven't really landed on whether it's Alex or Ethan's team, but, but I like, I like Alf's team way more than people are giving him credit for. That's just me though. You know, this is, this is peak heapy because Brian has had this, listen, this is, this is life. This is life with Brian. Brian had this idea for all of us to draft an all-time heat team and for this to be like a production with the da -da 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 -da, like the little draft noises and everything and that we were going to draft our teams and then brian was going to run a nba 2k simulation with all our teams and i was like yeah yeah we'll do it eventually we'll do it eventually and i just we just never did it it got old and then you know <laughs> ethan from the phoenix from the asses of content raised its wings and flew as we're doing drunk live streams that we don't know how to work Speaking about speaking of poaching front offices. Wow. <laughs> I thought we already did Adam Simon talk. We want more Adam Simon talk. Well, he, <laughs> I think he was making a five reason joke. Oh my God, that was so funny. <laughs> when you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.